Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, with another movie review, this time of the film First Man, out in theaters now-ish, so long as you're listening to this somewhere near when I'm recording. Uh, As always, we will give a spoiler-free general idea of whether or not I think the movie is worth seeing in the theaters, whether it's something you should wait for on streaming or get on Blu-ray, or whether you should ignore it pretty much altogether. Um, this film is, uh, essentially, uh, well, there's no, you know, no nudity. There's minimal language, uh, pretty safe all around for uh, any scenario that you would want to go see it for. Um, but, uh, let's dig into, you know, the general, the general gist of, of what I thought of the film. Um, <clears throat> if you are kind of a history buff specifically, uh, of the moon landing and the lives of uh, the individuals around it, it may be worth seeing in the theater. Um, I generally would probably say that I would not suggest seeing this in the theater. In fact, it's probably not one I would even necessarily suggest seeing on streaming or Blu-ray, uh, only because it is tonally significantly different than uh, what most people I expect would uh, think of when they're going to consider a film with the subject matter that it has. The, the area of focus is not quite where other, other movies <clears throat> would have the same, uh, have focus on and the same kind of um, um, characters and subject matter. Uh, that being said, uh, we're gonna roll into the, the standard spoiler heavy review um, as always, we've got our standard breakdown where we're going to remind you of the days when you were in school and received papers that were graded from one to a hundred, but we're going to divide our point allocations into the following categories of cast, director, and editing, costume and props, location, cinematography, plot and writing, and any bonus points that I wish to give. Um, so onto the spoiler heavy portion of the, uh, review. Let's start with the cast. Uh, very solid cast for this particular film. Um, I've always liked Ryan Gosling, who is the lead in this, playing Neil Armstrong. Um, if you don't know who Ryan Gosling is, you've probably been living under a rock. Um, uh, obviously, he was in the most recent Blade Runner remake. He was in the award-winning La La Land. Uh, he was in The Big Short, which I absolutely loved. Um, uh, in the notebook, you know, just a ton of other stuff. A uh, very ca- charismatic gentleman, uh, generally does a really good job with whatever role he's given. Um, you've got, uh, Claire Foy playing Janet Armstrong. Um, she's actually going to be in another movie that's in the theaters within short period of time, Girl in the Spider's Web. Um, I'm not really familiar with anything else that she's been in up until this point, so I didn't really have any sort of an indication as to talent level and experience and just what to expect. Um, um, you've got uh, Jason Clark, who plays the role of Ed White, um, also going to be in another movie coming out soon, uh, Pet Cemetery, the remake of the remake, the remake of the book adaptation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he was in Chappaquiddick as Ted Kennedy, um, Terminator Genesis as um, as Connor, uh, I believe the older version of the gentleman. Uh, as I couldn't finish that film, it was uh, frighteningly not my type of movie. Um, you've got uh, Corey Stoll, who I really love. He was uh, 
obviously the the main villain main villain in the Ant-Man films as Ant-Man films. This is obviously not a day where I'm uh, having uh, any sort of difficulty getting through sentences, but he was the main villain in the first Ant-Man film, as well as uh, being prominently featured in House of Cards in the early portion of that. I really love his work up uh, until this point. Um, he's uh, playing Buzz Aldrin. You've got uh, Kyle Chandler as uh, as Deke. Uh, he was in The Wolf of Wall Street and Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, you've got, um, I, I'm going to apologize if I mispronounce, but Ciaran, uh, Ciaran, there are accents and it throws me off, uh, <laughs> Hines. Um, this is uh, an actor who's been just in a ton of stuff. Um, if you watched the Justice League movie, he did the voice of Steppenwolf. Uh, he was the uh, grandfather in Frozen, uh, but I mean... If you just see his face, you will recognize him, and he has had a uh, uh, quite a lot of experience and tends to be very good in most of what he does. And I'm not going to keep going with all of the actors and actresses. Pretty much very solid cast. I mean, people that you will recognize, people that have had, uh, you know, had know what they're doing, basically. Um, so the choice of casting was pretty good, uh, not just uh, the actors themselves, but putting them into the roles that, that were chosen for them seems solid all around. Um, I believe that um, each of the actors and actresses in this did a pretty decent job of coming across as realistic and approachable for the most part. Um, are they accurate to the historical uh, accounts of the individuals? I'm not entirely certain because I am not that guy that would know, but they seemed fairly real to me. And you know, how real can you really be in a, in a given movie? Because it's never going to be quite right. And considering what the uh, intended purpose of this particular movie is, it's, it's hard to say if things weren't tweaked just a little bit to uh, move forward the narrative and, and the plot in the way that they wanted to. Um, Solid. Nobody jumped out and just kind of amazed me in the film. You know, I talk about really liking Ryan Gosling. Generally, he's playing much more charismatic individuals in films. I mean, he's very the 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 uh, Neil Armstrong character is very reserved, very quiet, which from what I've seen matches the the type of individual that he was in real life. So it only makes sense that he would uh, attempt to emulate uh, as closely as possible the type of person he was. Um, most of the people in the film were very reserved. The only issue that I see is is that none of them really, because of this, it's hard for me in my mind to kind of see one that wow, that performance was just amazing. When everybody's playing gray on a gray background, it all blends in. So there's nothing that just kind of stands out. The children were adorable uh, throughout the, the movie. Um, the uh, the cast all around was just, just solid, but nothing that jumped out at me. So I'm going to give that a pretty easy 16 to 20. There's just not a lot to say about that. There are no major mistakes, but nothing that just made me go wow um the director is damien chazelle i believe i'm saying that right five bucks says i got it wrong in his chattel i i think part of my podcast is going to be massacring as many names as possible 
Um, maybe I should start researching that ahead of time. You can leave comments uh, <laughs> to, to verify whether I should do that ahead of time. I'll get uh, Google to pronounce them for me. Um, not really familiar with a lot of his work up until this point. Now, he doesn't have a huge resume in terms of um, in terms of writing and directing credits uh, that I found. Uh, the only one that I really recognized was Whiplash, which was really good. Um, so um, I'm kind of you know not knowing really who he was and didn't realize that he had directed that in, in the first place. I hadn't really looked originally. I had zero expectations going into it. Now, since I also kind of put editing into directing, because I feel that they go hand in hand, there were some issues that I had with the direction slash editing in this particular movie. Early on, uh, the movie uh, starts with the death of uh, Neil Armstrong's uh, daughter. Um, and the process of him changing jobs into the Gemini program leading into the Apollo program. And there were some really weird time jumps that occurred. Um, you know, you go from, is the daughter going to maybe live or die? You jump straight to the funeral. You jump almost straight from that into the point where they're going to move. And then immediately from that into the point where, oh, she's pregnant again. And it looks like she's pretty far along. So we just jumped, uh, what, nine months, a year? And then, oh, she's not pregnant anymore. He has another child and the child is running around. Okay, that's what, two, three more years that we just jumped with no real indication of what was going on? Um, I mean, if you understand the history of what happened to the program, it probably seems pretty rudimentary. There was a certain amount of time that this project took, but as a viewer that may not be steeped in this, it felt really unnatural and jarring. Maybe that was intended, uh, but I don't really think that it helped the narrative. Um, in addition to that, there were some odd... Um, odd choices I feel in the way that the characters were the performances were, were chosen now this is again I don't know whether to put that on the actor or the director or the writing of the part I'm really not sure but because I always lay a little at the feet of the director to get the performance that he wants from the actors and he's got such a good cast of actors and actresses here I have to assume that they gave him what he wanted from the direction that he gave, and it still ended up kind of muted like this. And even if your intention is to be kind of a depressing movie, there are just instances where you need to have something happened to hook the viewer in and keep going through the movie. Now, I'm, I'm guessing that that in the writing, it was banked on the fact, well, it's about going to the moon. So there's going to be the testing and, and there's going to be the eventual, you know, shot into space once or twice. And those action sequences are going to be what's going to keep people in. I don't think that was enough because it's, it's about the emotional portrayal of the person that's at the center of it. And when you've got, uh, the Neil Armstrong, that is extraordinarily, um, stone faced, throughout the entire thing um it doesn't matter if he's in the cockpit because people relate to the 
the emotions on the face, the emotions in the body language, the, the way that the voice sounds, and he's always calm, he's always even, his face is fairly straight. So even if that was maybe accurate for the way that the uh, the way that um, Neil Armstrong was in real life, the way it's conveyed in the movie, it, it, it suffers, I think, a little bit for it. Nothing major there, just some minor details that gave me some issues. All in all, I think the direction was really pretty good, and I give that a 14 out of 20. Now, one of the areas where the movie definitely shined was in costuming and props. Um, the replication of the spacesuits and the cockpits and the devices and the, um, the older era homes and clothing was all spot on. Um, the NASA, uh, 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 equipment and everything, the, uh, the notebooks, every little detail seemed to be very closely viewed and to be in, in just excellent, um, Excellent replication. Now, I would kind of expect no less, considering the number of movies, the sheer mass of uh, media that has been put onto paper, put into film and music, specifically about the space program, especially this this uh, monumental achievement to go to the moon. I would expect by now it probably should be pretty much perfect. And this movie definitely, I felt, was. I didn't see anything that jumped out at me as being just spectacularly out of place, even really minorly out of place. Uh, it was kind of dead on, and that did help lend into the suspension of disbelief to kind of feel that you were there a little bit better. Um, so this is one of those few instances I'm going to give a 10 out of 10 on just the costume and props. Pretty fantastic. Um, location still also very solid. I mean, you got a lot of the kind of suburban neighborhoods. You've got the NASA Space Center. You've got um, just just the kind of the the normal places that you would expect from the history of of this particular piece of uh, work. Um, again, just pretty much dead on. Maybe not quite as impressive. Impressive. It is impressive. Maybe not quite as impressive as the costuming and props, but still, you know, very solid. There just wasn't there wasn't anything there to be had that should have jumped out at you. Um, so, uh, in terms of the housing and the outdoors, they were all fine, um, very good, very well done. Uh, the I liked the uh, uh, room to uh, isolate everybody when he comes back from uh, the trip to the moon. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate or not. I've never been lucky enough to actually go down to uh, go down to Cape Canaveral and and see any of that stuff. Um, but uh, it all looked pretty authentic to me. Um, <clears throat> pretty solid all around, and there's really not much to dwell on. Nothing that jumped out of me as being just ridiculous. Again, in the locations, very solid. Eight out of ten on that one. Cinematography. I think this is where this movie mostly failed for me. Um, it, you know, it, it had in my mind two major gaffes for any movie, or gaffes is probably the wrong word, pet peeves of mine for any movie. And one is the, the unexplained time jumps. I hate those unless there's some really neat structural reason to do it into the story, which I didn't feel that there was with this. But the other big one that I hate with a passion is shaky cam. 
it is awful. Uh, I, I really dislike that Blair Witch made it so popular <laughs> in, in, certain, in certain recording instances. I really don't think it added anything to this film. I mean, I can kind of understand it when you're in the process of filming in the cockpit or doing whatever. you got to kind of feel that we're there and it's all shaky. But it didn't just stop there. When he's at the party, the guy looks like he's carrying a camcorder around with him following from two or three angles and it never stays still. Through the whole film, it was just bad. Um, I, it, it gave me a headache by the end of the film. Uh, it, it was that that moving. So I guess I probably should have said that at the beginning of the film. If you have problems with shaky cam, don't watch this film ever. Um, and I don't think it added anything to it. Uh, if maybe they just did it in the cockpit scenes or when there's something like that happening and then went to a more steady, uh, steady recording uh, method in the other scenes, I think I probably would have been okay. But they they didn't do that, and it just it bothered me uh, throughout the whole film. Uh, also, the the coloration it now this may have been a psychological trick. I don't know. It may be real, but it, everything felt muted. All the colors were muted. Nothing was bright. It was gray, which kind of makes sense considering this is a story about depression, uh, or at the very least, a story that's intended to depress you a little bit. Um, so maybe that matches, but it still kind of was boring, um, kind of blah. Um, a lot of odd, unnecessary angle changes in several scenes. Um, it's on the positive side, the, the bits with the special effects on, on the shuttle were fantastic. Um, you know, everything else, I mean, looked pretty good in terms of, of that sort of thing. So it does, it's not all bad by any stretch, but you know, where a lot of things will make me deduct a point, maybe two points, something like that. Shaky cam is a bare minimum five point deduction. I hate that with a passion. So I'm probably giving about a nine out of 20 on cinematography on this one. Um, then we go to the plot and writing. Um, you, I guess it's a lot, a lot of it is about, do you enjoy this type of a film? I tend to, I like comedies. I like action. I like um, sci-fi. I like fantasy. I like tear jerkers. I, I, I like horror movies. I've got a pretty broad palette. I even like movies that tend to be a little depressing. One of my top 10 is, uh, has been for a long time American History X, which is pretty depressing. And it has that same kind of tonal quality. However, um, the plot on this, I don't think, it doesn't feel like it fits to me. The whole, um, I, I mean, I guess exploring this, trying to come at it from a different direction, I see, see, I understand. Uh, it's not just about the massive achievement to mankind. It's about what, what, um, what is it like to be, be Neil Armstrong, who has family die, who has friends die around him all the time, who at least as he's portrayed in this, has an inability to connect to the people that surround him, his loved ones and his friends, and everything is in his work. It's the only thing that he knows how to do. Maybe he wants to feel alone, be alone, but he really does have that deep emotional connection because he takes the little bracelet of his daughter up to the moon with him. Uh, eh, eh. Um, you know, I mean, it... 
there, there had to have been, I don't know what it is, but it feels like there was something missing. If it's intended to be a tearjerker, I am easy, super easy to make cry at a movie. And I am unashamed of it. I will, I will set off like a fire hydrant if there is sufficient um, reason to do so. I didn't, I don't think I shed a single tear during this particular film. So if it was intending to do that, maybe it just wasn't aimed at my type of personality. I'm really not sure. But uh, it just didn't, it didn't feel like it hit. And maybe that's because instead of dwelling in the, the emotive kind of more active uh, sadness, it's more of a resigned, well, what are you going to do depression that it comes across in it. And maybe the other side of it is that a lot of times there's kind of that, the thing that makes that dark thing worthwhile in terms of a narrative is that redeeming moment where something happens or 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 uh, or a, a twist occurs, a, a character understands something that they didn't understand before, uh, and then oh, I get it, and this is this is what it is to be human, that sort of thing. I'm going to go back to American History X, and I I apologize if you've never seen it, you plan to see it, but the whole thing, you know, the the development, you see this guy that's you know uh, full of hate and has to learn how to let it all go in the worst possible locations in prison, and then has to go back home and try and pull his brother out of the same trap that he's in. And it takes the entire movie, and it's harsh, and it's wrong, but his brother is coming around, and they're going to be a unit, and then he gets killed at the end of the movie, and you're listening to his last paper that he writes to his principal that where he finally understands you know, where he's changed and you see the effect on the main character, that, even thinking about it, I kind of want to tear up. That hits. This, the emotional payoff. Where is the emotional payoff? He gets up to the moon and it, it is the bracelet supposed to be the emotional payoff? I, I'm always thinking of you, so I'm going to drop your bracelet in the moon. Maybe that's accurate. I don't know. Um... Or is it when he gets back down and his wife, who has had to put up with this this person that she loves but is difficult to live with, has gotten back from this extraordinarily dangerous thing, and they're separated by the glass of the uh, uh, of the thing to to keep everybody safe, and that's that that they're still that's that physical representation of that actual isolation between the two individuals there's no resolution at least i didn't feel that there was one so it just felt lacking um so i had to deduct a few points uh for that so probably out of 20 i'd give it a 14 so because it's still not bad it still uh, communicates i think basically you know the the history correctly and communicates the the feeling of isolation definitely correctly it's just not not in a way that seems satisfying in, in some way or relatable, maybe. I don't know. So when you add all that up, that ends up putting it at about a 71 out of 100 solid C territory, uh, which seems about right. It's it's an okay movie, but because of the type of subject matter and the, the type of tone that it has, not one that I would watch very often, uh, or in this case, probably not going to watch it again. Um 
but it may be worth a watch. I mean, it may be right up your alley. You never know. Uh, everybody kind of gets uh, something different that, that uh, connects with them. Um, what do you think? Let us know in the comments. Uh, www.everybodylovespudding.com We'll definitely have more movie reviews for you and more to go on. Uh, in addition, we are definitely on both Facebook and on Twitter at Real Pudding Guys and at Pudding Guys. Feel free to uh, check us out, see what you think. We've got a lot of other movie reviews. We've got a lot, of other, a lot of other great interviews with people that are, at least we find, terribly interesting. Find some history, find some life stories, find some just nuggets of information. Come back and see us. Mm -hmm.